Welcome to Playtest. I'm Chris, your friendly neighborhood game master. Sorry for my garbage microphone this morning. I forgot to record these and I'm now in a rush. This is the third and final episode for the Hard Space Hustle Mech Suit Tussle arc. Joining me are Fuzzy, Dee, Lauren, and Kaylee. Today, Diamanda grapples with her past, Belinda does another war crime, and the others do their actual job. Are you ready, Intrabot? Yes, My name is Dee. My pronouns are her and she, and I will be playing Diamanda Calder, the Enforcer. Hi, I'm Fuzzy Sinowaki. Uh, my pronouns are he or they, or whatever, really. Uh, and I'm playing Tismon Kane, the Speed Demon. Uh, my name is Kaylee. My pronouns are she, her, and I will be playing Belinda, the AI. I'm Lauren. Uh, my pronouns are they, them, and I will be playing Trell the, oh god, Atheurge. What are all your current failures? I'm at three. Yeah, I'm at I'm two because of the little, the really bad rolls I had. <laughs> <laughs> I have four. I have two. I'm Trell, by the way. <laughs> Trell has two. <laughs> Alright, so, uh, one of you said three, right? So, twas I. Right, I'm going to put Diamanda first because of the uh, emotional impact of this and Trell after Diamanda. Yep. The first up is actually Belinda. Belinda's not aware of this yet unless unless Diamanda says something. Uh, you know, in this case, I, I it would probably make sense to uh, say something. So, Belinda, we got a mech coming in. It's the Garuda. It's one of the thousand demon mechs. You see it? Yeah, I don't think Belinda even says anything. Mm-hmm. Um, we just I, see the ship turning. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, the ship just like slowly turns, and she's gonna go ahead and fire her little black hole at it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, then you get yes. to roll your heavy weaponry plus your uh, power. Uh, this thing is ar- is still armored, so it's two d two d eight. Oh, that's not great. Oh no. Brand. Oh, oh, that's really not great. Oh, heck. Oh, no. Okay, well, I got an 8 and a 7 on the bad side, and a 3 and a 2 on the... So a 5 on the positive side. So you do get a a boon. You have both of your weights marked, don't you? Yeah. Uh, So you can't do anything about that. So you mark a failure. Okay. Uh, Did you... I I missed it. Did you roll a 1 on any of your positive dice? No. Okay. Then roll your outcome. 7. Okay, so a seven. What is what is the, the size of that die? A 12. So if you take five hold damage, you can make this a, a success with a major concession, or you can accept the failure. Let's do a major concession. So this is the uh, black hole projector, right? Mm-hmm. So I think, I think a black hole projector does what a black hole projector does and makes a fuckload of damage. So the black hole projector heads out there and explodes. Dealing 12 damage to this fucking mech as it rockets in 
which is a lot. <laughs> I don't know if you're aware. <laughs> but also, it, it creates this, so it's this micro black hole, and it sucks, like, all matter into it, including the ring on the outside. But the ring is spinning at such a speed to create gravity that the force of it suddenly ripping apart shatters it throughout the entire field. And every round, like, the, the environment is now dangerous, and every round, everyone inside is going to take four damage to their hole. Okay. As, it, as this, this whole area is super fucked now from your weapon of fucking terror. Now that was a war crime, for the record. That, that was the one. Uh, so up next is Tuzman. Oh, wait, you have a boon, right? Because you rolled an eight on your difficulty? Yes. What's the boon on your micro black hole projector? Uh-huh. Oh boy. Breach fire. The shot fires straight through your target and the person behind them and whatever is behind them. You get the idea. Okay. I don't think you want to I don't think you want to activate that. There aren't any other targets. So instead, you can establish a fact or do this in an impressive or surprising manner. Um, I think it's impressive and surprising cuz I don't think there's any fanfare <laughs> to it. I think, you know, she presses the button, and for a second, nothing happens. And then there's a black hole behind whatever she was aiming at. Yeah. Have any of y'all seen uh, Outlaw Star? Oh, Negative yes. Ghost Rider. <laughs> All right. Well, for the one of you that has, you remember the, the <laughs> caster shells, the, like the low number caster shells that create like tiny black holes that suck people into it when they get hit? I think yes. it's that effect. Like, Oh. Except it, instead of ripping him completely into the black hole, it just rips pieces of his armor and then parts of the ring into it. Uh, and I think, yeah, like, okay. uh, because of this, uh, and you can't react to this yet because it's not your turn, but suddenly mm-hmm. you get, like, a hailing frequency. <laughs> Diamanda does, not anybody else. Oh. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but before Diamanda can respond, Tismon, you're up. Uh, I think... Tismon will go with the uh, objective-based path and try to get the obelisk on onto the boat. All right. Uh, are you going to try to do it? Are you? This is important. Are you trying to start heading it that direction, or are you going to try to get it there this round? Uh, I'm. We're we're deep in right now, right? Oh yeah, yeah y'all are deep yeah, in yeah. the cube. Yes. In that case, uh, probably head that way. I'm not going to try to hammer my way through the whole damn thing. <laughs> In that case, it's only one difficulty. Um, and I feel like it's a speed instead of handling. Uh, but you're still going to take the four hole damage from the massive amount of wreckage that's happening right now. Am I able to help? Yes, but helping is your action. Okay. So I'll, I'll let you help because it makes sense for you mm-hmm. out of turn. But then when it gets to your turn, we skip it. Okay. Yeah, works for me. Uh, so you roll, you roll your piloting, and then Fuzzy can add it to his skill or outcome. Okay. So it's it's your fitness plus no, not your fitness, your power plus your piloting, Fuzzy. All right. Uh, I succeed. With a success, yes. Yes, but I only got a two on my outcome. I got a three on mine. So five. So it's up to a five. This does mean you can take a breath because you're ha- traveling at max speed. I will take that breath. And uh, you can take five stress. A ten is a success, and you get to ask for something. Or you can just accept a success at a minor concession. Uh, how much would I have to spend to get all the way up? Five. Five. Five stress. Five systems. Sorry. Yolo. 
So it would even out to one system. Yep, I'm going to do that. Okay, so what what extra thing would you like? I I think I want... So I want to get closer. I feel like the best use of this would be we're deep inside enough that we're not going to get peppered yet. At least not this round, because there's still cube in the way. Alright, so you're going to stay out of uh, this... The Garda's range. Wreck, yeah. Okay, sounds good to me. So you and Trell are safe. Heck yeah. I like that a lot. So you see the Garda, it's because without waiting for a response, launch itself. But it completely skips the obvious war machine between it and its target. Oh no. And rockets straight for the Phoenix God. It was at long range, and now it's at sh- now it's in close range. So that's its whole round. It's trying to close the distance, and then we are to the Amanda. Uh, you still got yeah. this thing. It's got its its giant katana out, and it seems to be rocketing towards you to kill you. But also, you've got a hailing frequency over uh, open from it. Uh, first, I'd rather have that sword out than maybe answer the phone. <laughs> okay, so you draw your sword <laughs> and then hit the. Is it that cool? Because your sword's at your hip, right? Yeah, it would be on my my left side since I would draw with my so right. So that yeah. cool, like, slow draw and then shing out of the, the hilt. Hilt? Scabbard. Yeah. Scabbard, yes. You're correct. And then you punch <laughs> the, the answer call button? Yes. So you hear a voice, and maybe you're shocked, maybe you're not. It's not Damon, but the voice is very familiar. It's Damon's younger sister, Angel. And she sounds <sighs> panicked and angry. And she says, uh, uh, I hope you're prepared to die, Diamanda. Angel, why the hell do you have Damon's mech? That's, you already know that, what the, why are you even doing this? I have to avenge my brother. Between me, you, and the comms, you know your brother was a jackass. (laughs) You hear just like a yell of pain and anguish and anger. Uh. What do you do? Well, it seems like negotiations are off. So I would be in a, <laughs> I would end up being in a um, defensive stance because I don't think I'm going to have any meaningful conversation out of her. Right. So do you attack? <laughs> She's at close range now. So if you wanted to attack, you could. Uh, let's see. She would be charging in. Yes, I would go for a, um, was it like a, a mid-level like torso slash uh do you have you don't have both of your weights marked do you no i just got the i just got the the one okay my second one would be um well maybe the fact that they annoy the absolute garbage out of me but they're like the closest thing i've had to family for a while (laughs) (laughs) all right so how would you define that weight then how does this how does this count as like baggage or something that that you struggle with sometimes uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of the best way to frame it. I would think that the fact that she has been like, on her own after being exiled for so long, she doesn't know how to like fully like reintegrate herself into being a social person without any, you know, over overhanging orders of, you know, go do this, go kill that person, etc. So this is something so, like the just, weight might be something like I don't understand how to care for my fellows. Right, just like trying to re relearn how to you know how to be a person. So so in this instance, she like 
the the way this is impacting her is she's not sure how to how to express her feelings for her her found family but in this moment protecting Vilma against her past is important yes it's like yeah the the idea of like you know my problems are my own problems but I'll be damned if I drag other people into it I love that a lot so uh, this is going to be your mech's power plus your melee weaponry but they're all sized up and this thing is armored so it's 2d8 Oh, so you, so you did get a. Oh, that's perfect. So you did get a one on your uh, uh, positive dice. So you mark a failure, but that's a nine versus a nine, and and ties go to the player. Hey. So you succeed, and you roll because your weaponry oh, yes. is normally a d10 and it's sized up. You roll a one d12 for your outcome. Come on. An eight. So I can make it work. <laughs> <laughs> you can spend four whole damage to bring that up to a twelve if you want to. And why not wipe out the whole family? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you take four whole damage. I'm a terrible human being. So, fuck, I love this. Okay, so you're both using giant fucking katanas. We get that scene where, mm-hmm. like, as soon as you clash, there's a cut to black, and we see the like slash slash animation. And you're both, like, past mm-hmm. each other now. Uh, and this is the point yeah. where I have to ask you, D, you have, mm-hmm. you're an enforcer. Your special, your job ability is no matter what, when you take someone out, you can take them out, you can take them alive if you want. Do you? Yes. Because I have questions for her. <laughs> so, instead of her mech exploding and yours not, what happened? I would figure that I like cut it, cut the mech in, in such a way that the cockpit is open. So, but she's wearing like I can, a, pro- I can probably a space suit or something. Like a space, yeah. yeah. So pretty much, just like the cockpit is like it's wrecked enough, but not not enough to harm her, but enough to like separate her. So she just kind of like floats out and just like float. She floats into like my general area, like where where my um mech's hand is. I just kind of catch her. Yeah. So I would, I don't think she would be like fully, you know, like conscious or lucid as to what's what's going on. Because, you know, between shock and, you know, getting yeah. wrecked. If it's okay with you, like you can't hear her mm-hmm. because her comms are gone yeah. because her mech's gone. Mm-hmm. But you can tell, like you hold her in your mech hands mm-hmm. and she collapses and is sobbing. Oof. Yeah. Oh. I can just see like Diamanda just kind of mumbling to herself. It's like, well, wherever the hell you are, Damon, you owe me one. I just want to point out, I love you all. You're very good role players. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, how much uh, damage did I take? You uh, took four. Hole-wise? You took four whole damage from her slash. Okay. Ooh, I'm down to nine. I need help. <laughs> this all works out very well because. Uh, Trail, your your round was spent helping uh, Tismon take the obelisk back to the ship, back to back to the Orca. So we see a scene of the obelisk, the, the Dracos, and the Abel Red uh, landing back in the hangar bay with this fucking obelisk that, like, uh, we see um, the Dracos staring at uh, as if the Aether doesn't have a consciousness. 
uh, in the way of like it has speech or whatever, uh, but it does have emotions. So we see like this like very deep emotional connection between Trell and the obelisk. This is actually between Trell and the aether itself, the, the the binding force that connects everything. The fourth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what is what is Trell feeling right now? Um. I don't think much of anything. I think there's just like a vacant calm on their face. I like that too. So we tre- see, see we see Trell's fish face being very chill. <laughs> by con, well, not by contrast, because you wear a fucking mask. What's a- what's Tismon experiencing right now? I feel like they get it in, and he hops out of his mech and floats over to this big obelisk and kind of stands on it. Because I'm imagining it's huge in relation to a normal person. Uh, looks over towards the giant Zoid and goes, This thing is grotesquely ominous, and I dislike it being in my home. <laughs> I don't know if it's because I'm standing on it, but the thrumming is very ominous. And I do not like it. <laughs> oh god, Tismon would call Neighborhood Watch on it if he could. <laughs> well, how dare you uh, accuse Tismon of being a cop? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he has concerns. First okay? of all, I wouldn't call Neighborhood Watch on my most hated enemy. Okay, I like you again. And second of all, it's just so goddamn ominous. It is just a low-level <laughs> rumbling that feels like it's at the base of my spine all the time. I think uh, Trell just gives you, like, a very blissful smile <laughs> and says kind of sleepily, Let's go sell it, then. <laughs> is this... Is this drugs? Does this count as drugs? <laughs> Am I standing on drugs? I just, I just walk past you, like kind of sleepwalking, and don't say anything. What? Um, uh, we'll we'll get to uh, Diamanda in a second. But what does Belinda think about this whole situation? <laughs> I think. As everyone gets back to the ship, she has that blank look on her face again. I think she's just, like, standing in the hangar waiting for everyone to get home. Um, but she looks very blank, and she is staring at where you, um, you can see Desmonda coming back with someone. And she just looks very blank, and then as soon as the door opens, she knows she, like, kind of shakes her head. And smiles and welcomes everyone home and then says, did you bring me anything? (laughs) Well, I did bring somebody, somebody I haven't seen in ages, would have preferred not to see. But uh, here you go. And the Mac hand gently, gently sits uh, Angel down on the on the deck. Is is she currently conscious or has she has she passed out? 
I would figure that she's still, you know, like generally, you know, kind of, kind of passed out between, like I said, the stress, the stress of the fight plus, uh, you know, emotional stress. Yeah. So I would figure like, it's going to take something to kind of like, you know, snap her out of it. Right. So, uh, Belinda, you see this young woman in a black and gold jumpsuit, spacesuit, who seems to be unconscious on the floor of your hangar bay. <laughs> I think she just looks at um, Tisman, where he is standing on top of this obelisk, and then looks back at the person laying on the ground and says, It's very ominous that she's here. I don't like it. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I agree with her for the record. I'm not a fan of it. And then I think slow, like, I think you see coming from the, like, the top of the hangar bay, one of those tent- like tendrils, and it's just like floating down towards her. Maybe not that imminently. Maybe maybe not so imminently. Wait, 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 wait. You're you're not just gonna yeet her out of existence, are you? The whole of existence? (laughs) Evidently all of it. (laughs) Belinda stops as soon as you say that and looks at you and for a second, like her eyes. I'm imagining that she has, like, really dark, like, really big eyes. Like, almost too big. And, like, for a second, Data runs across them. And then she stops and she says, you don't want me to? You know what? No. Because something something about her showing up in that particular mech really doesn't sound right. I mean, I want to respect the fact that you don't like her here because this is our home and essentially you. So I, I want to make that clear. Everyone, you know, everyone hears me on yeah. this, right? Mm. Okay. Okay. But conversely, the fact that we had that one, but the possibility of another group coming out of here, this is, I'd say a skosh worrying because I, I know her I know where she comes from. It's not good. (laughs) So I'm going to have questions. And I'm going to need most to not really question my methods, just in case, you know, we're we're not running on ethics here. When when did when did we develop a sense of ethics? One person here melted other people. (laughs) Another one just killed a whole ship by himself. We're not we're not swinging for the fences on morality. Yeah, in response to that, I think Belinda just lets down like a bunch of the tethers or of the strings and they form like a cage around her. Around um what was her name? Angel. Angel. Around Angel. And then she says um, blend, and it's like a fairly big cage, but it's definitely like part okay. of the hole is a break now. And she says, they won't hurt you, but I would advise her not to touch them. Are you okay if she stays here? 
for the for the time she spends on our ship. I am totally fine with that because I will be damned and in my grave if she's running around where I actually consider home. I think Belinda just nods and then like turns and walks out of the room, which is completely unnecessary because she's a hologram. Um, and as she <laughs> as she gets to the door, she like turns around and has this just big, beautiful smile on her face and says, "Well, I'm going to make cookies." Oh. And then walks out of the room. God damn it! <laughs> I don't know if you. I don't know if you're aware, but you've just murdered me. <laughs> so, with the time we have left, and Fuzzy, I want you to be last, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. I would like a very short vignette uh, with what everybody does as the orca rockets away from this space station in the middle of uh, nowhere, Jupiter. Starting with D. D, what are you up to in the aftermath of this situation? Okay, um, I would probably see that uh, Diamanda would end up spending more, you know, most of her time, or you know, at the brig just to make sure that she, you know, that Angel wakes up and definitely not touch the bars because, yeah, no one needs to go out like that. Uh, <laughs> so mostly it's just kind of, you know, sticking around, making making sure she's awake. And as soon as she's awake, it's like, <sighs> nice to see that's your conscience. We're going to have a long discussion as to why you decided to stick your nose back into my life. And depending on the answers, you can go back home. If not, I'll introduce you to the ship. She's not happy that you're here. (laughs) So, Angel, we have a moment of silence and Angel uh, takes her flight helmet off. And drops it, and you can see her eyes are watering. This is a very anime situation, so there's like sparkle tears coming off of her face. And she looks up at you, and she has an intensity to her eyes. Both despair and anger in equal amounts in her eyes as she states, I loved you. And we cut to Trell. What are you up to in the aftermath? Um, so I think Trell is going to his quarters, um, which looks like, like, a fairly small room, um, with the majority of it taken up by, um, it looks a bit like one of those sensory deprivation float tanks, um, so kind of, like, bathtub shaped, but larger with, like, an egg shaped, uh, roof. Lid. Yeah. Situation, yeah. Um, it's dark, um, I think they like strip down and slide into it um and then kind of float and the the lid slowly closes um and they're wearing i think probably the only thing that we see them wearing is this um shard of aether sight around their neck um and as they close their eyes like the aether sight is just sort of glowing like this silver um and floating like just above their chest um yeah, I think that's it. Perfect. Uh, so, Belinda, uh, we see your human form, a little hard light projection of what she sees herself as. What is she doing? Uh, I think she's making cookies. I think she's in, like, a really, like, decked out, super cutesy kitchen, and there are just trays of cookies everywhere. 
It's like a timer that's a little rooster. Uh-huh. Like, just super cutesy. Oh. There's cute little signs. Um, I think there's even, like, a window that looks out on a front porch. Um, like, like would have been on old earth. Just very beautiful. And, like, there's a recording of someone, like, whistling a really happy tune going. And every once mm-hmm. in a while it pauses. And she tries to get her... Um, avatar to whistle and she like concentrates and every time she goes to concentrate she closes her eyes and when she closes her eyes um the projection of the kitchen is gone and it's just a little dinky like there's a sink and uh an oven but it's very dingy and it's obviously the ship's kitchen mm-hmm. and then every time she opens her eyes from trying to whistle it's back to the beautiful kitchen um and i think Right before anything else happens, she, like, the very last time we see her close her eyes and try to whistle, like, just this one tiny note comes out. And she opens her eyes, and, and, like, the kitchen is back, and it's beautiful, and she's just beaming. She's so happy. God damn it. You're a fucking menace. (laughs) So... A, fuck you, Kaylee. Uh, B, <laughs> B, we've had emotional moments from everybody. Mm-hmm. Except for Tismon. You know it. And you can, again, veto this. But, if, if, if at all possible, I would like to have an emotional connection with Tismon before this ends. <laughs> and it could be him alone, or it could be him with another player. It's up to you. Impossible. What, what do we see Tismon do? Uh, this masked man. Yeah, so... Tismon, uh, kind of on his own, is just spinning his cane as he walks, like, down a hallway, uh, towards wherever it is he makes his home on the ship. Uh, so, Tismon is spinning his cane, walking down the hall, and finally he sees, uh, Diamanda pausing in front of the the, the door to her quarters. So... Are you going to tell the rest of us why a strange woman has appeared in your mech's hands, or are we simply going to skip over that one? Well, I will say, you know, I will tell, but um, you're going to have to tell me what's going on underneath that mask over there. And I could just imagine myself like, you know, the that my half mask is like pull it out and pull it over my face and I look right at him. Uh he did there's like a very clear like loosening of his shoulders, uh of like you can tell he's smiling despite the fact you can see nothing of his face. But there's something, like, you know he's <laughs> grinning, and you hate that you do. <laughs> yeah. I feel that. <laughs> but you can tell. Uh, yes. <laughs> and, uh, at first he kind of adjusts his position to be resting on the cane before he kind of picks it up and lets the zero gravity just carry it upward so the handle is in line with his mask. And he just kind of taps the middle of his forehead, and uh, the mask just starts 
slowly opening up outwards, like from the back. It's clear it's a helmet he puts on from the back forward. Uh, and it swings out. Uh, demon goes away. And uh, you, the camera like shows the thing flowing away and uh, a big old mm -hmm. like gash along the side of his head that you but you can't see his face yet and he uh the camera does not swing around and goes been a while hmm and it just cuts oh so it cuts to oh you <laughs> i don't have so a plan i'm just being mysterious <laughs> It's okay, Fuzzy. I love you and I appreciate everything you do. Um, we cut to a bar on Mars. The bar is called... The Mars Bar, and then Fuzzy flew through space and time and kicked you in your pod closet so hard you exploded. <laughs> we cut to a bar on Mars called the Mars Bar. Um, God oh, damn no. it! And we see a woman, uh, a Hispanic woman, um, with curly hair, um, wearing uh, a, a like flattering blouse and uh, long skirt. Uh, she's standing behind the bar. She's the bartender, and she is serving a drink to a man. And we hear the sound. We hear the sound of this man's voice before we see him. He's not important. He's fuzzy. Mm -hmm. uh, not fuzzy. The person fuzzy. The description. No, it's me. I'm back there. Hello. And he says. He says. What are you waiting on? Uh. And we cut, like, like everything snaps into detail, and we see her face. And this is the face of Mari. Uh, she, she frowns at the man and then uh, forces a smile and looks down at her hand, which is where she was looking before he interrupted her, and closes it. But before she does, we see that in her hand is a heart locket that has the faces of two people. One is very familiar to us. It's Diam Diamanda. On the left side. On the right side is the uh, the face of a young Hispanic man that bears a strikingly resemblance to Angel. He's got a shitty mustache and is too young for the position he's in. Diamanda would recognize her, him as Damon. She closes this locket and places it back around her neck. And she says, uh, I'm waiting on someone very important to me. And then we cut to credits. <laughs> Dramatic sting. <laughs> Test complete. Thanks for listening, and thanks to our guests for playing. You can find Fuzzy, a huge nerd with a huge heart, on Mobile Suit Fandom and on Twitter at Fuzzy Sinoaki. That's F U Z Z Y C Y N O A K I. Find D playing keyboard for a band called Standard Issue Citizen at www.standardissuecitizen.com or their bandcamp, standardissuecitizen.bandcamp.com. Talk to her on Twitter at ScorchTheGround. Find Lauren, expert artist and pet hair battler, on Twitter at WingLauren, and Kaylee, seemingly sweet person, but I don't know. I don't know, I'm a little sus after meeting Belinda. I think there might be a dark core there. Find her at Kaylee Ponder. She and Lauren make games together that you can find at ponder.itch.io. A big thank you to Matt Lee for our intro and outro music. Follow him at NiceWizardMusic. Support us by following on Twitter at PlaytestPod. Download all current documents for this game at playtest.pub. And find a link to our Discord from either of those to join our creative-friendly community, where sometimes I post behind-the-scenes snippets. 
And remember, the world may suck sometimes, but you don't, and together we can treat each other with compassion and respect and help each other heal while also destroying our enemies.